Welcome back to 345 of the Doctor of Day, a Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and here with my wife, Ginger. Hello. Today we're going to talk about the final episode of Image of the Fendal. As we are, Doctor Mila, Jack, and Mrs. Tyler are in the hallway, and they can't, um, the three of them can't move because the Doctor explains that the Fendaline is controlling their muscles telepathically and um, he says you know get ready to run when I say run he takes a shotgun from Jack and he fires the salt shells at the Fendaline and it uh, stops it and they are able to finally run away we see the image of Thea Thea I think we called her something different um, anyway I thought Thea, that's what I'm going to continue to call her, who's uh, been laying on the floor in the pentagram. You see that um, she becomes, transforms into this golden goddess with kind of twisted braided hair and her face is gold and her eyes are closed, but there are eyes painted over her closed eyes. Almost looks like a Grecian statue or a a Cretan statue artwork, the way that the eyes are painted on and the flowy type robes that she's wearing. She arises as this goddess and turns to um, Ted Moss, who's in his cowled uh, robe, and says, No, don't don't do that, don't do that. And she turns him into a Fendaline. And then another follower, she looks at her and is under her sway and he um, sinks to his knees under her power. Stale says, um, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. And we see her smile a little bit. The, um, but they hear a noise or light or something that, that from downstairs and they say oh well that's um professor uh, fendelman's lab the basement to his labs oh well we're the doctor heads down there with leela and we see the the tableau of the pentagram and the, the image of fendal and, and colby tied up uh to a post and so uh, leela cuts to, uh, colby free doctor tells them to leave quietly and get out of there and don't look her in the eye. Stale, he comes to and he, he looks at him and he can tell it's too late. He's in her trance. And so Stale says, the gun, get the gun. He says, it's not going to have any effect on her. He says, no, it's for me. The doctor avoids looking at the Fendal and goes to the mantelpiece where some of the other items replaced and grabs the gun, gives it to Stale, and says, I'm sorry. Um, the doctor runs off, we hear a shot, and then we see that Stale has shot himself and he's dead on the ground near the pentagram. So, now that he's back upstairs, Colby uh, sees Mrs. Tyler and says, oh, it's all your fault, you, you old witch, and Jack takes offense to that, and she says, oh no, he's just scared like the rest of us. So Leela tells um, 
yells at Colby and says, well, you nearly got us killed down there because they made a bunch of noise as they escaped and trying to get Stale to leave. And uh, she says, be careful or you will be be dead up here. And the doctor arrives and then says to Colby, you nearly got us killed down there. She says, I've heard. Doctor asks Mrs. Tyler if I think if she senses any other creatures, and she says no, just just the the darkness is down in the basement. Um, the image that she saw. The doctor examines the fendaline that they had shot at and sees that the salt had killed it. The doctor tells them that that's not the fendal, that's the fendaline. It's like a, a version. A component um, so they go back to the lab and the doctor says well you saved the planet from but now what about the fendal so he explains that the fendal is a gestalt being that it takes the 12 plus the 1 to make up this creature and that there's two dead now the one that they just shot and then um, Colby, uh, not Colby, but Stale, who was dead, who was one of, the, under her power, one of her followers. Um, so there are ten more, and you need to get more salt. So he's looking around for more salt, and Jack only had the two shells for the salt. So Mrs. Tyler said, oh, the charms I gave you, and so Lisa collects and gives him to her, says, here, more rock salt. So, but he sends... Mrs. Tyler and Jack to go find more rock salt, table salt, whatever he could find in, in the Priory. Meanwhile, down in the basement, the skull starts glowing again. The doctor is working on the time scanner and taking taking apart some of the machinery and rewiring some things. And he's explaining to Colby of the Fendal being that it had such great power that it was able to create a like a loop in the evolutionary process and regenerated itself by eating other life forms and so much that it became so great a threat uh, the Time Lords destroyed an entire planet to do away with it and then or try to do away with it and then try to hide the evidence um, from posterity and the doctor says and you're not supposed to do things like that he says that the but they missed um, some part of it escaped the skull escaped and with a great energy force propelled itself into the past of the planet earth and Colby says, well, so he's responsible for human evolution? He says, no, but it may have influenced it. He, uh, Jack is uh, uh, out with the shotgun and with Leela gathering more salt, and, and they, find, they find the Fendaline. And he aims, but he cannot shoot. The Fendaline is accompanied by the image of the Fendal, and he's 
looked at her enough that he, he can't shoot at her. So Leela closes her eyes, but takes the shotgun and points it and shoots. The doctor is nearly finished with um, his wiring when he hears a shot. He sends Colby off to gather the salt from Mrs. Tyler and Jack, uh, or Mrs. Tyler rather, and then he runs to the rescue and finds Jack and Leela on the fl on the floor, passed out. But they she was able to hit the fendaline and kill it with the the pellets. The doctor gathers everyone around again. The tenth, he sends Jack and Mrs. Tyler to back to her cottage. Um, the doctor and Leela gather the salt in little bottles in a basket. He tells Colby to stay up there in the lab, start the time scanner for three minutes while he, um, and only for three minutes while he and Leela go down to the basement to um, grab the skull. And once the three minutes have passed to turn it off and run out of there and head back to the Tylers because the doctor has in two minutes after that has rigged the computer system to blow and force be back through the scanner to blow up the Priory. So they, the doctor and Leela encounter a Fendaline and they lob these bottles of salt at it and mostly miss it but they manage to get past the, there's a small fendaline in front of the skull, guarding the skull, but the doctor manages to grab the skull and puts it in a hazard, like a hazmat box, a radioactive symbol on it. Um, they're, as they're in the basement, they hear this great slithering noise. They don't see anything, so well, we gotta get out of here. Um, the doctor and Leela walking through the corridors they're with their heads down looking at their feet trying to get through and we see there's a large image of the Fendal in this hallway but they avert their eyes and walk safely past the Fendal is still in the basement in the pentacle pentagram and um she seems like she knows she's been foiled because they're able to walk past her. She couldn't get them under her power and she looks disappointed and then she fades away. Uh, so Jack and Mrs. Tyler are hiding under a table when um, they're quickly joined by Colby who dives under the table hiding with them. The doctor and Leela are running across the priory um, uh, lawn and then they duck under a, a hedgerow and then behind them there's a huge explosion that carries on and on and they see a lot of flame and fire and more explosions. So Lisa says to the doctor, well, what now? He says, well, we leave. Colby's at the Tyler's and they're probably getting out the best china and putting the kettle on and having some tea. Um, which is exactly what they, they talk about. Says, oh, well, that, I guess that's that. Let's put 
put the kettle on or something like that. And uh, so in the TARDIS, we see the Doctor and Leela. She, uh, they're preparing to leave. She's um, combing out her hair and has changed into her original warrior outfit. The doctor says something he, about he liking her dresses, but this is my old one. And uh, he says, he tries to say it has a certain je ne sais quoi, I think is what he's going to say, but he only starts with je, je ne and she points out that he not finishing his sentences is annoying to her. And then he says something about, well, it's about K9. And again, she tries to prompt him, says, well, I, I have to finish repairing him. So she says, aha, you call him him. And he says, well, I can call him whatever I like. He's my dog, aren't you K9? And K9, is in a state of disrepair, just kind of nods, continues to nod his head, and it ends. <sighs> eh. It wasn't terrible. I could have done without the big slugs. You know, I don't think we needed that little extra element of monster dumb. Yeah. Um, monster dumb, dumb monsters. Mm. Um, and of course salt's going to work on them if they're slugs. I suppose. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> not supernatural. Oh, it might have been more interesting, though, if they would have had them start to foam up. No? Why? I don't know. Why would that have been any better? Oh, just different, oh. I guess. And just having it then look blown apart. Yeah. But I guess that um, the creepy woman with the painted on eyes is just not enough scare. They thought for the story. I guess. <laughs> and so, and the, the the littler ones were better done than the big full full scale Fendelines, I think. The little tabletop version. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're a little simpler. I guess. Uh. I've never been a really big fan of the monsters that they make. Um, right. The ones that are supposed to look more organic. The robots they do a little better with. Daleks and Cybermen and such. Um, but, yeah. Um, again, we end with an explosion. <laughs> it's kind of how they get out of it. I guess they had to blow up the rest of the ten that could have become Fendelines or had become Fendelines. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of odd to me that the image of the Fendal would just fade away. Although I guess if the Doctor had taken the skull, which was a power source, 
and contained it, then I guess it wouldn't be anything to the power of the image. So, but we, you know, it's like we don't know what ha what happened to the woman who was with Theo. Yeah, it's not really not explained really. She just becomes this image, and then she's gone. Mm-hmm. I guess it just took her life force. I guess. Are we to believe that it just sort of linked, latched onto her then? Hmm. That's sort of the impression I get. Yeah. I, I don't think they explained that at all, unless I just missed it. And if you missed it, I missed it too. Okay. In his explanation of how the skull powered this and leapt through time and space. What do you think about all that? What do you mean? His explanations for how it got to Earth and how it influenced. The That's the stupid backstory they have to put in. It's the like Doctor Who psychobabble. Yes, essentially. Science babble. Sci the, yeah, techno babble. <laughs> you know, reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. And <laughs> for a long time. I thought you'd like that. I haven't missed it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> but it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. I, he, he does the science babble better than John Pertwee did because mm -hmm. he could only remember reverse the polarity yeah. so that's why we heard it so often. Yeah, he can only ever remember the one line. So, even if they would have come up or even if they did come up with more interesting things for him to explain. He, he didn't remember what those were, and so he just didn't say them, I guess. So at least they, they try to come up with some type of interesting backstory that, honestly, if I weren't note-taking while I was watching, I might follow that a little bit easy, a little bit better, mm -hmm. and it would probably mean a little bit more to the story for me, but um, I figured and watch these for themselves and maybe get more out of that maybe get a little bit of an outline and opinion <laughs> um, it was there was a couple funny bits there was one part I, I forgot I didn't catch one joke the doctor made with Colby there was just something about when they're talking about the backstory bit there Doctor said something and laughs, but I, I didn't catch what he said to him about it. Um, but when he he turns to leave after he's given Colby his instructions of you know three minutes, only three minutes and stuff, he hold he comes back. It's three minutes, but holds up four fingers. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Three minutes, remember. <laughs> It's those little touches that um, are silly, but still funny. And uh, there's a bit, I think Tom Baker just threw that one in. There's an ad lib on mm -hmm. his part. We've had a couple of them. Uh, well, often we do. But there was one in a couple episodes back where he, he picks up the bones and sniffs one. He's oh, 12 million years old. <laughs> and it was his ad lib to sniff the bone. 
get that information. Yeah. Well, what uh, what are your impressions of what Athea, Thea, whatever they were calling her? You mean as the image? Of sure. Fendal? Let's start with that. I think uh, that's the most obvious question. I guess. Okay. Well, I think that just uh, visually, I think it was a, a pretty good image. Like I said, she looked like a, a Cretan goddess or something um, with a very blue eye and outlined and because uh, the, the eye painted on her face were encompassed her entire eyelid up to the eyebrow so the eyes were a very prominent feature it took a second to realize that from a, a greater distance of a shot it, it looked like maybe they were there was a mask on her face but then as you get closer up to the the actress and her um, face paint you can see that they've been painted the eyes on and her mm -hmm. eyes are closed so um that might have, must have been interesting to do her all of her shots with her eyes closed. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think that they, they handled the image of the Fendal very well um, with that, with the, I guess, the all-seeing eyes, painted on eyes, and her powers. And she doesn't speak at all either. Mm -mm. No. All she does is this elaborate dance. Yeah, she kind of raises her arms up and down a little bit. Just kind of to sort of show off her costume, maybe. Yeah, and she really yeah, doesn't so do anything else. Um, no. But it's just this projection of the great power that's in this skull I can see that she wouldn't talk it would just be psychic force I mm -hmm. guess so that does not explain to me why they're big slugs going along with, with that why is these you know essentially I guess 12 slugs make up this image of the Fendal this goddess um, golden goddess woman image so that by itself if you don't think about the Fendaline that go with her mm -hmm. I think she's uh, kind of not scary I guess kind of like in a way that Medusa was because you, sh you shouldn't look at her either or you become under her power and turn to stone but um still kind of made me think of that but that if you look at her then you become enthralled and she'll turn you into a big slug so 
I think it's sad what uh, happened to Stale. How so? Well, I mean, he got himself into that, though. But it is still kind of sad that he... That he dies the way he does. It's, it's mm. kind of interesting how, you know, he realizes that this is not how it's supposed to be. He's not going to get the power that he wanted. I think he's thinking that he would... Thea would become the conduit to this power and that he would be in control of it instead of this power being the one in control. And so he could not take that and knew he was probably going to be turned into a big slug if he didn't do it do something. So he asked the doctor for help and the doctor almost does it, I think, out of mercy because he knows what's going to happen to him. He knows he's too far that he can't help him Mm-hmm. break this spell that he's under it's too late for that and so he gives him the gun and says I'm sorry so that was a, a nice touch I guess for him to say he, he felt sorry for him um Did you like the story overall? Eh, not particularly. Too much happened without good reason. Um, and there were long stretches of the episode where things took way too long. They, they were obviously trying to stretch yeah. for whatever reason. Like it stalled. The... Say the part of the story where Thea changes. Mm-hmm. She changes, which happens pr- fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Then they take a full minute to stand her upright. Oh, yes. I say a full minute. It probably wasn't that long, but it felt like it was that long. Yeah. Because they slowly tilted her upright. Mm-hmm. Which was a nice effect given that they actually laid her down and then reversed it. Yeah. But still, it took forever to stand her up. Why? What was the purpose of that? Yeah. And so it's little things like that through the entire episode that just sort of made it tough for me to sit here and get through it. Well, in one way, I can understand why they'd want her to kind of rise majestically a little bit and not, you know, sit up. There's majestic and and then then there's there's creeping. Yeah. I agree it was too slow. Yeah. I think that if the actress would have just sat up and then, you know, put each leg underneath her to sit her, to stand herself up, would not be really befitting a image of a goddess. Yeah. It would be a little too pedestrian looking. So I can understand wanting to have her like just, you know, kind of rise up from the floor without almost like unbending, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, it could have happened a lot faster. It still had the, I think, still kept the integrity of the shot, but we didn't have to see the whole thing. So, it, yeah, there were parts where it stalls, really, when they all together talking about what their next moves are and this. It's like, it was all right, but not good. And when they start to argue amongst themselves. I'm not a big fan of those type of scenes. Um, so. I did have a thought from, I think it was, it had been the last episode or maybe an earlier and I didn't talk about it. Um, one point Leela says to the doctor, you're going to be late. Should a Time Lord ever really be late? Yeah, really. <laughs> no, if you've got a time machine, you can... Honestly, you should never be late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the curses. <laughs> Would they really be late ever? On their little on Gallifrey, do they take the time travel function away from them to make them be on time naturally? And then later on, have that power. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about the our ending? It ended the way so many of these end. A big explosion that kills everything. And then, and not only that, a big explosion that went on and on and on. Yeah. And the use of the mirror lawn. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just another example of them stretching to fill the time. Yeah, and rerunning the same fire scenes. As backwards, You, you no can less. tell when flames are backwards. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm not convinced, though, that that wasn't intentional. I think it was supposed to represent an implosion. Implosion. Okay. That's what I was I was wondering about that. Could they admit some of that to be imploding? Because um, they created some power vacuum or something. Or sucking or flames. Or yeah, I think it was supposed to. But they kept running it. So if it, that would have been good once. And then maybe a poof or some different. A whoosh sound or something. And then. Just cut to them in the tub. Yeah. You know. Uh, don't show the same flames running backwards three times. Almost in sequence, too. Having said that, though, I did like the fact that, as for music, they took the standard music and reversed it as well. Oh. What The music they were using for the episode, I should say. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. But never came back to the um, the person walking in the woods as to why he was there, like we thought they might explain. Yeah. Nope. It wasn't extremely important, but and they made a point about it being haunted woods and such, and I just thought we'd know a little bit more about why he was out there. Yeah. 
be different if it was like one of their like a tech assistant or something a lab assistant where'd this guy go and then I'm out walking the next one's out walking the dog coldly and says oh well the, the co-worker and oh we should call the police so it would have been the same difference there's gonna be somebody who shouldn't be dead they find dead yeah whether it's a stranger walking through the haunted woods of the Priory or it's somebody who is a minor character in a lab and their work that they find outside. That would have just taken away any questions of what was he doing in the woods? Who was he? What, you know, that we had earlier on. Whereas if he was a technician at the, the facility, he'd have a reason to be there. Maybe he was just taking a walk because he's working there would have been better. Maybe. I think it would have taken a lot of work to make this better to me. Well, I liked most of it. Um, I would have liked it better without the the secondary monster component, I think. But I can understand how they wouldn't think that the just the image of the of the Fendal and the, the glowing skull was enough. To me it was enough. I think the skull image with the glow that they put on it was mm-hmm. really quite well done. And the golden image of the of the Fendal creature was well done. And I think that it was an interesting link to Gallifreyan mythology as the doctor heard bits of and then he finds out, digs up more and finds out how this skull could have come to being on the, you know, the planet it is and how that all fit together was, was interesting to me. But I could see how it might be a little boring otherwise to the story yeah so it it maybe needed a little extra something but I don't think the little those slugs were that's the right extra something yeah so there are ones that I have liked a lot less (laughs) did not not exactly high praise not exactly (laughs) But um, there are there are several that I like a lot more. But I'm glad I've seen it. Oh, good. Yeah. And we notice um, a little bit with K9 at the end that John Leeson was not uh, hired for that episode. No. <laughs> this story actually at all. Because we don't, we know we don't hear from him in the first one either, because he's been unplugged and has wires and stuff out. So, um, so K nine only nods because there's no one to do his voice. So, well, they just didn't hire him yeah, to do the just in this story. the line, yeah. the single line. So, just hear it in your head. Yes, Max. Affirmative sure. master. 
Those are sure. primitive. Not from me. Okay. So I guess that brings us to Monday, when we will start the next story, which is The Sunmakers. Great. Again, not one I that I remember very well, so we'll see. Me either. We'll see how it works out, hopefully better than these last two have. <laughs> but that's what we'll talk about on Monday. So join us then, and thank you for listening.